The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends. Thanks again for joining us again for another episode of our podcast as we have been working through the book of Jonah. Uh, We are going to finish uh, to this book today, we're going to finish the book of Jonah by going to the second half of chapter number four. And uh, so tomorrow or the next episode, we'll pick up in a new book. And I haven't actually fully decided. I'm looking through a couple. So as we pick up the next one, we'll let you know what book we'll be in as we finalize that information today. Uh, but we're glad you're with us. If you're following along, we are in Jonah chapter four. And uh, I kind of want to just give a little bit of recap uh, because as I evaluate this, one of the things that's intriguing to me, one of the books that I've read over over this over Jonah, one of the commentaries, I'll say someone wrote a book on years ago was entitled Jonah's Magnificent God. And when you look at this, again, we can see it really depends on where you are in your Christian life and how you view the story. A lot of people become sympathetic for Jonah. A lot of people look back and say Jonah has a right for this. And at least in my experience, it shows a little bit of our own personal journey, depending on how we view different characters in the story. In reality, what you have is a prophet that has been rebelling and fighting against God since the beginning of the story. And in this scenario, you see the end of this and you see an even harder heart. Um, So I want us to dig in. The first thing we have to see, the first few verses we won't jump into, Jonah's very angry. Uh, because because he'd seen God's mercy. So God's mercy is on display. Nineveh, a horrible city, a city that, if you would say from a human perspective, deserved the judgment. By the way, we can pull the same application that we deserve the judgment. The wages of sin is death. We deserve the same judgment that Nineveh deserved. Uh, we get the idea that we're not as bad as so-and-so. We deserve judgment just like the, just like Nineveh did. So we're careful looking at that. And we have what we do is we pull from the story the great mercy of God that a city that is as great but as, as really sinful as Nineveh was, upon their repentance, God brought mercy. So you see God's mercy it displayed to people you may say you don't deserve it, but that is mercy. That is the premise of mercy and grace. It's given to people who otherwise don't deserve it. And that's why you see the greatness of God in this. But then what you see is intriguing. Not only do you see the greatness of God displayed, you also see the mercy of God displayed. You see the, the mercy of God disliked by the carnal. Uh, they just didn't like. So let's go. Uh, we finished yesterday in verse 4 where God asked the question, um, um, is it right? Verse 4, is it right for you to be angry? Now, the first thing to look at, Jonah doesn't answer. I find it intriguing that while there is this open conversation between Jonah and God, God asks a very pointed question. Jonah does not answer the question. He just walks away. Now we go to verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade so he might see what would become of the city. Now, what do you mean become of the city? Uh, maybe part of him hoped that they would rebel. Maybe part of him hoped that this was just a, a one-time thing and they would ultimately rebel. Or maybe they did not enough did rebel because he only doesn't really know what's going on. Maybe they didn't and he would watch another Sodom and Gomorrah. Would God come down and destroy the city? Whatever it was, he wasn't there looking for revivals. We can see, as we'll see in a moment. He was still waiting for God to bring judgment. So he, I love this part. Now you've got the amazing part of God's teaching. The first thing you see is God illustrates what he's trying to teach. Again, Jonah's angry. God could have come down. God could have been angry. He had every right to be angry. Um, thousands and thousands of souls have been saved from eternal damnation. 
as a result of this. Any preacher would love that, yet this preacher's still angry at him. And so God instead, here's the thing I love. You're looking at what we're gonna see in a second, a carnal preacher. And what I mean by carnal, the word carnal has been used in so many different contexts. And I hope you understand, carnal does not mean unsaved. Carnal doesn't even necessarily mean someone living in massive sin. Carnal just means that the mind of the person is not on the things of God. You've got a spiritual uh, spiritual mindset or a godly mindset, then you have a carnal mindset. A spiritual mindset is you wanting the things of God to move forward. You want to see people saved. You want to follow God. A carnal mindset is you want your own way. You want you, you had the mindset of the world, and his mindset was, I don't like these people. They should be destroyed. He can't even see the reality of what he's saying. That there are, We're going to see in the last passage tons of children in this, in this city. He didn't care about that. That's how carnal, that's how worldly, that's how non-spiritual his mindset had gotten for whatever reason. We think he'd been justified for it. So he gives this great illustration to try and teach Jonah. Instead of getting angry at him, he illustrates something. Verse 6, the Lord prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as the morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm. And so it damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Verse 9, And God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. Now, this is the extreme of somebody who is it's just carnal. And we don't really know all. I mean, people, I was reading this morning, people say, what really happened to Jonah? Did God let him die there? What we do know is this. Later in the Gospels, God used Jonah as an illustration of the Messiah. He goes, as Jonah was in the belly of the, of the whale three days and three nights, so will the Messiah. And that's the premise. So we see that God used the prophecies of Jonah one day to prove the Messiah, as we know that was the picture. So the premise is you can, God even uses a carnal, selfish, um, really um, self-centered man, preacher, to bring revival to a place. And I love the fact that even Paul said this when he says, and some preach in pretense or in truth, whether in pretense or in truth, he says, God has preached. Christ is preached, therefore I will rejoice. So there are some people who, when Paul was in jail, were preaching kind of in a mock of his gospel. And, and Paul's like, God can even use the mockery for his good. See, Paul had committed himself to Christ, and so however God was going to use him was fine with him. Uh, if it was in struggle, if it was in hurt, whatever it was, God was okay with that. I mean, Paul was okay with that because he was surrendered to God and what was going on. No, uh, Jonah was in the exact opposite. Jonah was surrendered to his own will. He wanted this. So you've got the story. God creates this plant, comes over here, shades him. Jonah's like, here's what I see in this. Jonah's like, I deserve this. I deserve this. And then the plant disappears, and how dare you do this? Now, uh, interesting, I read this morning, I think it was Tony Evans who said this, if I get it all right. I want you to catch something. The sea obeyed God. The fish obeyed God. Um, the city obeyed God. Um, the plant obeyed God, the worm obeyed God, the wind obeyed God. How many of these scenarios obeyed God, but the preacher did not obey God? You can just see this hard-hearted center, and yet what God does is instead of God getting angry, what does he do? He just illustrates. But then he goes on more beyond illustrating. Now he applies. He applies his teaching. Uh, he says in verse 10, But the Lord said, You have had pity on a plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up at night and perished in a night. Should I not pity Nineveh, 
that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock, and most believe that would be children that could not discern between their right hand and their left. Here's what you're looking at. You're looking at the fact that God says, you have pity over a worm, over a worm plant, mostly because it was helping him. Should I not have pity over these people? I created these people. These are my creation. I know the destiny. The destiny of damnation is hell. Should I not have pity over them? And the simple teaching was this. Jonah was never going to get it. Jonah was going to do what he wanted no matter what. We don't see Jonah repenting. We see God's mercy. So we see God illustrated and God applied what he wanted to teach. So here's a thought. When you see, see, God used this plant as an opportunity to try to use circumstances to teach Jonah something, and Jonah didn't want to hear it. How many things in our life right now might God be using to get our attention? How many things in our life right now through God's sovereignty is he organizing and constructing around us for the ultimate goal of being able to get our eyes on him and off of the other things, to maybe help us to see something that we're wrong, to help us grow, to help us change, to help us recognize we need to confess and get this right and submit to God. How many, and here's the thing I love about that. God could bring, if we want to use the word punishment, God could bring all kinds of pain, but I love the fact that we see the absolute mercy of God. He showed mercy on the city, it was despised by a carnal man, but that in that carnal man was still offered God's mercy. I am so glad that no matter where I find myself, that God is not looking. You know, I, there was a time when I was growing up, and it, it was just me. It was not me. It was not anything I was taught. It was just my impression. Um, and I think some people have the impression today that God is a God, a hard God, sitting up in heaven, waiting for me to mess up so he can strike me down with lightning. Now, I know that's extreme, but you know the application to that is God is a harsh God waiting for me to mess up so that he can ruin my life. That is not God, and this is a picture of it. You watch a man who has fought God from the beginning, and God still used him to save thousands of lives, and then God showed mercy on this rebellious preacher. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, and yet God still showed mercy on this rebellious preacher. I am glad that no matter where I may find myself, on the good days and the bad, God still shows mercy. When I'm getting selfish, when I'm getting, uh, making life all about me, God still shows mercy to me. You know, if we realize the reality of what it means to rebel against God, to become selfish, to become all about ourselves and how much God hates that, then we'd have a better understanding of God's mercy to us. May that be a reminder that holds to us. No matter where we are, we serve an awesome God, a gracious God, who loves to offer grace and love mercy. And as we would turn to him and follow him, we would see him work mercy in our life even when we don't deserve it. Well, again, thanks for joining us. If we have taken a couple weeks to dig through the book of Jonah, stick around next time as we jump into a new book and we continue to learn more about God, more about uh, who he is and his character and his attributes about how that, what that means to our lives. So I hope you join us again as we continue studying through God's book tomorrow. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.